The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. Today we are going to discuss Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I can't stress enough how amazing this movie is. It's just simply fantastic. I loved every second of it. And there will be many spoilers in this, so if you have not seen the movie yet, please tune out or you have been warned. That cameo by Stan Lee was a real tearjerker for me. (laughs) I'm going to miss him. Yeah, we were friends, you know. Can I return it if it doesn't fit? It always fits. Eventually. This movie, like all other Spider-Man movies, showed Spider-Man's origin story. Only this one was presented differently in multiple ways. Can you please talk about that? Sure. So first of all, Miles Morales is my favorite Spider-Man. And so it was really, really great to see him being the leading character in the movie. And I love the representation of a young teenager from Brooklyn, my hometown, who had African-American and Hispanic heritage and whose parents actually were alive and well and present for his upbringing and actually cared about him, who also experienced a tragic death, who also lost his uncle, whom he loved and cared about. But his relationship with his uncle was a little bit different and there was less of a guilt component here. Nevertheless, Miles takes it upon himself to become a superhero. What I really loved is that you have this kid who's anxious, who's who's reluctant, much like Peter Parker. But at the same time, the way that he inherits his superpowers is not just from being bitten by a radioactive spider, but also from essentially inheriting the torch from Peter Parker himself. And so I love that the with great power comes great responsibility message in a way came from another Spider-Man and seeing Miles actually be able to keep his promise and seeing him take pride in his commitment really meant a lot to me. You mentioned Miles Morales and Peter Parker. This film shows multiple Spider-Men all fighting together. How many more Spider-People are there? Save it for Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? It was really touching to see many different Spider-Men coming together for a common purpose. What may be the psychological significance of each of these depictions. There was a moment that reminded me a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy, the end of the first movie where, spoiler alert, we see Groot risking his life to save all of his friends and he says, we are Groot. 
There was a moment or multiple moments in this film where it felt like there was this message that we are Spider-Man and that anyone can be Spider-Man. Um, that Spider-Man does not only have to be a white Jewish boy from Queens, that it could be a, a black and Hispanic kid from Brooklyn. It could be a Japanese girl. It could be a girl. It could be a guy. Um, it could even be a, a little pig cartoon, <laughs> Peter Porker. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham, friendly neighborhood Spider-Ham. Spins a web, that's the gig. Kinda weird cause he's a pig. Look out, here comes the Spider-Ham. Anyone could be Spider-Man, and that really what it took was the willingness to stand for something. Remember, what makes you different Let's go. is what makes you Spider-Man. So it really meant a lot to me to see all of these different characters come together from Peter Parker to Gwen Stacy to Miles Morales come together and and stand for something good and risk their own lives in order to be able to save the universe. And I think especially at times like these it really helps to be able to see this inspirational message that just a few people who have such different stories and different backgrounds can still come together and stand for something good and make a difference in this world. It seems that losing a hero or a loved one can sometimes motivate us to make a change. What are your thoughts on that? I think that many of us throughout our lives might have different role models, whether it's real life people that maybe we were lucky enough to have in our lives, like our uncles, for example, or grandparents or teachers, um, or perhaps uh, certain even fictional characters or certain writers or artists. And sometimes after they pass, we might get a moment to reflect on how much of a significant impact their life and their contributions have meant for us. And this movie especially allowed me to reflect on how many people's lives were touched by Stan Lee, being able to see him and his cameo. I think really meant a lot to a lot of people. I teared up watching that scene. And then also seeing um, how both for Peter Parker and for Miles Morales and for Gwen Stacy, um, for, for all of them, they all had somebody that died in their life that actually in some ways encouraged them to become a hero. It seems like sometimes in our greatest loss, we might find our own strength and we might recognize that we want to be like that person that we've lost, that we don't want their death to be in vain, that we want to celebrate them and honor them. And perhaps sometimes we might find the courage that we didn't previously have to empower us to take action. As you were mentioning about Stanley, I mean, Stanley was a hero to so many people. He really was an, an amazing man, not only just amazing creator. Sometimes we can all use a hero, and t there are times when we can all be a hero. My favorite line in the movie is, anyone can wear the mask. What is the significance of this statement in terms of human behavior? You know, I think that for many of us, we watch superhero films because they allow us to see a representation of something greater than ourselves. And I think that we're able to see how people with extraordinary powers are able to make a difference. And it makes sense that somebody who was bitten by a radioactive spider might be able to save the world. But the truth is, 
all of these Spider-Men actually made an active choice to become a superhero just because they have a certain ability to be agile, for example, or to be able to jump from building to building, swinging on the spider web, doesn't mean that they will necessarily become superheroes. But all the characters we saw in, in these movies did make that choice, even after they experienced significant losses. Uh, for one of the Peter Parkers we saw, he went through significant divorce and was kind of giving up on life. That is until he met Miles Morales and was inspired by him to become Spider-Man again. I think that what we're able to see in these movies is that although superpowers might help, we don't necessarily need them to become superheroes IRL in real life. And that what it really takes is the will, the determination and commitment to our own core values to become a hero. You mentioned all those, you know, facets of being a hero. And there's a common theme in the Spider-Man universes now. And it's the notion that with great power comes great responsibility. How can this statement also inspire heroism? I think sometimes when we are given some kind of power or resources, it might be easy to forget what the big picture is. And I think we see a representation of that in certain villains, for example, like Kingpin, who in the Marvel Universe has unlimited resources, really, between his money and him controlling the police, or the very least in other Marvel Universe, we see Kingpin as owning the police department and the FBI. He uses his power to get what he wants for purely selfish reasons. Now, in this film, we do see Kingpin attempting to reunite his family, but once again, he's not considering what his own wife wants, what his kids want. It is for a selfish gain. On the other hand, other characters like Miles Morales, Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, Penny, we see all of these characters actually using their power in order to help other people. Um, so with great power, we do need to remember what we stand for and be responsible. And I think it makes a really big difference what we use that power for, because I think just about anybody with a superpower has a potential to do something great. But the truth is, you don't need a superpower to do something great, because I think most of us have that drive and that power within us already. You mentioned briefly about Spider-Man or Peter Parker actually having anxiety. And Spider-Man is actually known for being a fairly anxious guy. How does Miles Morales' Spider-Man's anxiety compare to Peter Parker's? I think it's pretty similar in the movies and especially in the comic books when we read about Peter Parker's story. We see Peter Parker as being fairly anxious. He constantly worries about what people think about him. He worries about whether or not he's made the right decision, about whether he's a good person, and whether he's doing right by wearing the suit and by being Spider-Man. In fact, in the comics, there are a number of occasions when he throws out his suit, believing himself to have made incorrect choices as Spider-Man. And we see similar things with Miles Morales, where, especially after he gains his powers, when he goes back to school, we see his thoughts are as really big and really loud in his head. And in fact, people with anxiety attacks and especially panic attacks experience that where 
They might feel their thoughts as extremely loud and overwhelming in their mind. And of course, in the cartoon, in the animated feature, here we saw kind of the comical representation of these thoughts. But I thought it was a really good metaphor for what our anxiety might feel like especially when uh, something new happens something overwhelming and we don't know what's going on i think with everybody and all heroes there has to be something like you were mentioning earlier there's something that drives you um and the characters in this movie continuously remind miles to take a leap of faith i see this this spark it's amazing Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. Our family doesn't run from things. You're the best of all of us, Miles. You're on your way. When do I know I'm Spider-Man? You won't. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. What I'm curious about is how might this message relate to mental health? I find that most people, when they're anxious about something or experience depression or have gone through trauma or addiction or any kind of severely painful experiences, are likely to engage in essentially cocooning themselves in a safe environment which can be helpful for a short period of time, maybe a few days or so, but a lot of people kind of subject themselves to just staying in their room or in their house or in their bed. And in fact, a lot of times we see people with anxiety or depression as having a really difficult time getting out of bed. There's this almost like a safety zone effect where people become really anxious to take that leap of faith to leave their safety zone. The truth is safety zone is almost like a bullseye. Inside that bullseye, that's the safety zone. And inside that safety zone, that, that that's where depression lives. So the longer we stay in our safety zone, the smaller that space becomes and the greater our depression grows and over time it might actually become suffocating so the truth is the very avoidance behavior that we might take running away from our emotional experience might over time catch up to us and backfire taking the leap of faith on the other hand stepping outside our comfort zone challenging ourselves maybe stepping outside our house engaging with things that we care about engaging with our friends or going for a walk or trying a new experience maybe going to the zoo or connecting with things that we care about can actually improve our experience and can give our life meaning. Now with Miles Morales, we see him as being really cautious initially. And once he's able to trust himself, he's able to fully master his spider abilities. And I think that most of us have certain abilities like that, whether it's the ability to engage with other people, the ability to help others, the ability to create a masterpiece of some kind, but I think very often we hold ourselves back and usually we think that it's because we're afraid of failure but I think that most of us are actually afraid of succeeding I think most of us are afraid of just how powerful and magnificent we might be so I think that we all need to take that advice that Miles received and take a leap of faith on ourselves on exploring our own talents and abilities and connection with the world that was actually very perfect considering New Year's Eve and all these resolutions and everything are going on. From Kingpin to Peter Parker, this movie shows us the power of love as a motivating factor. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know, Dad. 
You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I wanna hear it. You wanna hear I me say I love you, Dad. You're dropping me off at a school? I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. What message do we get as viewers about love and what does it mean for us? I think love is everything. And it doesn't have to be romantic love. It could be love of a family, love of a friend, love of a country, love of a cause, standing for something. I think that without love, we might forget meaning. We see that both Kingpin and all the Spider-Men here were incredibly driven because they all had everything to lose and everything to gain. That's why they were ferociously fighting. It makes sense to me that Kingpin fought as hard as he did because he was fighting for a chance to reunite with his family. I do think he went about it the wrong way. It makes sense to me that all the Spider-Men united and fought as courageously as they did with Aunt May's help, who is also a total kick-butt aunt who is an incredible superhero of her own i think it's really that love that we see that drives people to heroism and you know without may especially it's really interesting because on the one hand she was grieving because her own nephew peter parker had just died and on the other hand it's almost like she got a second chance to be an aunt again she got a chance to now help other spider-man come into their full potential especially miles morales you were talking about second chances what does this movie teach us about second chances I think this movie teaches us that second chances are possible and important. I think very often we might spend years kicking ourselves for a mistake that we have made or maybe blaming someone else for another mistake that they might have made. And of course, some mistakes might be unforgivable, such as assault, for example. But there might be certain mistakes that over time might be forgivable. And I think that we're able to see that people might change over time and sometimes for the better and that we ourselves are also worthy of second chances and hopefully not to beat ourselves up with the New Year's resolution starting with, with the start of the new year. My hope is that you continue giving yourself second chances so that if there is a certain intention that you're setting, that it might not go perfectly. And my hope is that you will forgive yourself and allow yourself to keep going. Well, you were just mentioning that this is the new year and... This is our first podcast of the new year. This is the time that some people may set or break their New Year's resolutions. What are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? I think that very often people might set their New Year's resolutions to be very stringent and sometimes unrealistic. For example, they might set their resolution to be, I'm going to go to the gym every single day of the week or I'm going to eat clean all greens and you know only vegetables for example and that might work out for a week or two but after a while people start to cave and it's completely natural and unfortunately what happens is when we set our expectations to be too high not if but when we have a setback with that expectation we're likely to shame ourselves and punish ourselves not give ourselves another chance and as a result give up now, I find that actually a more helpful tactic is to allow room for error, allow ourselves to have setbacks 
and then to encourage ourselves to commit to our intentions. Now, instead of resolutions, I believe in intention setting. Intention setting is daily as opposed to an annual resolution. And it's where on a daily basis, we might set an intention. For example, I intend to be more mindful today, or I intend to be more patient or more compassionate toward myself and others. So it's kind of a daily reminder And it's something that we strive for, but it doesn't have to be done perfectly. It might mean that although we might have set an intention to attempt to exercise a bit or spend some time being active, if it didn't go perfectly, that's all right. We can reset our intention the following day. What are some of your New Year's intentions? For me personally, this year, I intend to dedicate more time to spending time with my loved ones like you for example and more time engaging in creative exercises in writing in creating podcasts and uh, working on our web series on the couch and just more time engaging with the things that are really meaningful to me so connecting with people i love and care about and engaging in creative exercises how about you dustin Those are great intentions, by the way. I have similar intentions, really. I definitely want to spend more time with friends and loved ones if possible. I really want to invest more time into creativity, my music, other hobbies I have like writing. But ultimately, I do want to invest more into things that really make me happy, which is pretty much everything we do anyway. I love the superhero therapy modality of just life in general and it makes me feel fantastic being a part of it and having someone as wonderful as you and our listeners and all these wonderful people out here that we meet I'm very fulfilled and I just want to keep on that journey I am incredibly, incredibly grateful to each and every one of you for supporting us, for being our listeners, and just for following us and being a part of this journey. Both of us look up to every single one of you and are incredibly grateful to have your company. We would love to hear from you, so if any of you would love to write to us or comment or let us know what your New Year's intentions are, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Twitter, so my Twitter handle is at Shadow Quill, Quill like the feather. And mine is at The Valiant Geek. And please reach out to us. And if you have a suggestion for a show you might like to hear more about uh, from our perspectives or from Dr. Janina's perspective um, specifically, we'd be happy to hear from you and hear what you guys want to hear about. Thank you so much and have a wonderful new year. My name is Miles Morales. I was bitten by a radioactive spider, and for like two days, I've been the one and only Spider-Man. I never thought I'd be able to do any of this stuff, but I can. Anyone can wear the mask. You could wear the mask. If you didn't know that before, I hope you do now.